bright as a blue Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room No space to rent in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere Thought you found a friend to take you out of this place, someone you could lend a hand in return for grace. It's a beautiful day. Sky falls, you feel like it's a beautiful day. To let it get away on the road. Well, good morning, everybody, and it is a beautiful day. I believe it's uh, Psalms one eighteen twenty four that says, Rejoice, for this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And it is another day we get to live our lives and be successful and do great things on a daily basis and just enjoy what God has given us. Remember, today is tomorrow's yesterday. You're never going to get this day back. So live it, love it, seize the day, whatever you whatever you like. But right now, go get that cup of coffee. Go get that virtual donut. Grab a chair, kick off your shoes, and stay a while. I'm really glad you're here. How many of you guys have listened to Mornings with Ken from the very beginning? Um, I'm on my third season now. I can't believe it's been three seasons of Mornings with Ken. But um, if you listen from the very beginning, um, you know that I talk about a lot of different subjects. 
Um, and I try to be encouraging and, and uplifting. And I also want to be fun just to have something fun to people start their day and on their ride to work. So, but you know, I talk about a lot of uh, my faith and I talk a, a tiny bit about politics, a little bit. And just anything else that I find interesting. Well, today I got a subject that a lot of you guys might bail on. And um, I hope not. I hope you guys stick with it. Um, <laughs> maybe some of my church friends, like, I might get like, like I don't know, I might get kicked out or something. I don't know. But, but I want to talk a little bit about aliens and faith. Aliens and faith. <laughs> I know I'm almost, I, I'm afraid to even approach this subject. But let me approach it anyway. Just because I I like to have a little fun. And I like to rattle people's brains a little bit. And never really know, never really, never really let people know what I really believe. Um, for fun. And, uh, but anyway, we're going to talk about aliens. And not the aliens that crossed the... U.S. border, um, nothing like that. Um, I'm talking about aliens um, from outer space. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let me hold on, guys. Let me. I found a piece of chocolate in my studio, um, and it's milk chocolate from Godiva, G-O-D-I-V-A. Oh, I got a piece of that. So, excuse me while I munch on this nice chocolate. It's gonna go well with my cup of coffee. So anyway, aliens. What it how would it affect your faith if it came to be true that there were aliens, intelligent life on other planets? How would that affect your faith? First of all, excuse me while I eat my chocolate. First of all, let me say that I believe. God is the creator of all the cosmos, of everything that once was not and now is. God created all of it. From out of nothing, God created everything. From what once never was and now exists, God created it all. And he recorded his creation in scripture um, the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. And he gave that to mankind so we could learn about his story to us, his love story to mankind. But does that mean that there's not intelligent life outside of this planet? Did God have to tell us about intelligent life outside of planet Earth? Was he required to? Does that make him less less sovereign if he doesn't tell us that he created intelligent life in another galaxy? Another planet far, far away. What if 
there is life on other planets. How would that affect your faith? And I'm going to pull some statements from an article I read. Biola, Biola Biola.org, Biola.org. And uh, the title of this, oops, let me, don't want to lose it. The title of this article is what would life be what would life beyond earth mean for Christians? I'm gonna skip here. Skip down to just I saw a couple things that I might want to mention. And I think you'll find this interesting. Um from his book, um, Ted, Ted Peters, in a book he wrote, um, Science, Theology, and Ethics. Science, Theology, and Ethics by Ted Peters. And in this, he, he quotes Billy Graham. Here's a quote from Billy Graham. I firmly believe there are intelligent beings like us, far away in space, who worship God. But we have nothing to fear from these people. Like us, they are God's creation. What do you think about that? That's a, that's a pretty uh, outrageous statement from uh, Billy Graham. That's controversial, right? From Billy, from Billy Graham. And uh, he's he's really not the only one to, to uh, suggest such things. Um, in C.S. Lewis's book, um, the space well in his trilogy, the space trilogy, um, he alludes to well, but does more than allude. He talks about uh, creatures from Mars and Venus who also know God. It's a fictional book, but he suggests. Well, he tells a story, a fictional story, about life, intelligent life on Mars and Venus, who also come to know God. If there is alien life, intelligent alien life, somewhere out there, was God obligated to tell us in Scripture? Does would By him not including it, in our scripture, does that make the Bible less authoritative? Premacy of scripture, does it does it diminish the premacy of scripture? I say no. I say no. I say there's no reason that if there were intelligent life on other planets, that that would diminish um, are the reliability of scripture and uh, but how would it how would it shake would it shake your faith would it shake your faith I don't think it should because um, as the author of this article states um, uh, let me try to find the other quote here Um, here's the author of the article states, and yet 
The Bible claims are also cosmic in scope. Passages like Genesis 1, John 1, and Colossians 1 clearly speak of God as the creator of all things, with no exception. Paul writes in Colossians 1.16, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So, I don't think God, has God revealed the cosmos to us in scripture? In, in, in our scripture that I fully trust and the older I get, the more firm I stand on the authority of scripture. I am so blessed. I am so happy that the spirit of God has has kept the word in my heart and I am I'm so firm in my faith of trusting the holy scriptures to be true on all matters and um but did God have to tell us in his holy word about the rest of the cosmos does God bring up the rings of saturn in, in the Bible? I don't think he does. I can't think of a scripture where God talks about the rings of Saturn. Um, I don't think God has mentioned um, the other bot, heavenly bodies in, in space, all of them. I mean, he, he, he mentions the stars and the sun and the moon. And, and we know that he has made billions of those we know there's oh my gosh billions of stars and planets and galaxies and universes it's just it's it's the cosmos is huge did god have to tell us everything about every cosmic body in the universe no i say he doesn't have he doesn't have to reveal that to us what God doesn't reveal in Scripture doesn't make him less sovereign. In fact, that, in, that proves his sovereignty. Now, we can only speculate. I cannot prove to you that God has made life on other planets, intelligent life on other planets. I cannot prove that to you. It's not part of Scripture. But also not part of scripture is the, the, the fact that uh, Pluto is not, well, it's not no longer a planet. It's a, it's a space rock, basically. Um, God doesn't mention Pluto in, the, in, in, in scripture. So does that mean Pluto does not exist? He, I don't know that he, he references much of any of the planets, really, besides the sun and the moon and the stars. He kind of groups them all together in one big um, heavenly cosmos. But God made all of the cosmos. 
So if God made all the cosmos, isn't he sovereign to do anything he wants to do to those bodies in the cosmos in space? I I, I think so. I think so. I, I think God is bigger than our minds can even even wrap our wrap around our head. We can't get even wrap our mind around how sovereign and how wonderful and creative our God is. Uh, in this article that I'm reading once again from biola.org, um, Deb Har Deb Harmashma Harmashma <laughs> uh, she says the God of the Bible is the God of all life in the cosmos, and thus we should treat that life with respect and care. Let me read that again. The God of the Bible is the God of all life in the cosmos, and thus we should treat that life with respect and care. So, again, my question to you is, would that shake your faith? If God revealed that there's intelligent life out there in space, I really don't think it should. I think it, it should, if anything, um, make you stand in awe and wonder of the great God we serve. Uh, let me find this other quote if I can, real quick, from this article. Uh, it was a quote from uh, John Glenn, and I'm trying to find it real quick. But basically, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it real quick. Uh, well, John Glenn... Um, of course, we don't astronaut. He said that when he um, first went up to space, it said it brought him closer to God and caused him to have a deeper faith in God the Creator. So isn't that isn't that astounding? Astronaut Senator John Glenn. When he was launched up into space, it said it, it caused his faith in God to grow even deeper. That's amazing that um, I couldn't imagine being launched into space. I, 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 I think I would go, you know, if I had the, if I had the opportunity, I think I would go um, and just see the wonderful works of his hand. Because all this could not have been an accident. The cosmos could not have just formed itself out of nothing through an electric electronic charge or an atom or any you know any it, it couldn't have happened. <laughs> There had to be an intelligent designer behind it all. 
And uh, all right, I don't want to bore you guys too much more, but um, we'll take a quick break, and the other side, we'll uh, we'll change it up a little bit. I promised to change things up when I got back on the other side of the break. So, <laughs> oh, I'm surprised you guys uh, stayed through that. But, hey, I know you guys got to go to work today and make some money. But um, real quick, I, uh, me, Dixie and I just came back from, well, we've been back from uh, vacation for a little while now. But uh, we took a, a cruise and some people have asked me how, we liked the cruise and, and, and how it went and would we recommend it. And I will say that we came back very um, refreshed and, and just uh, renewed strength and energy. And um, it all went well. We had a great time. And uh, yeah, so we, we would recommend uh, anybody who hasn't done a cruise before. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, one thing I find uh, uh, good about cruises is that once you pay the initial um, fee to for the cruise, and you can get them very reasonable, but once you pay the initial initial cost of the cruise, you never have to pay anything out of pocket again, unless you want to. Um, for those who haven't cruised, uh, once you pay your <clears throat> your fee for the cruise you get all the free food you want 24 7 although i did hear they may be reducing the hours but still you get your whole time in the ship you never have to pay for food um, there is a drink package you can purchase like for uh, pop if you want to buy pop um, it's expensive i wouldn't recommend it um, just stick with the Free coffee and tea and water and milk and orange juice and juices. There's all kinds of free stuff you can get. Um, if you want the pop, they're going to charge you extra for that. Uh, we we don't we never buy the pop package. It's it's too expensive. But you have all the free food, um, tons of free stuff to go to, comedy shows, um, Broadway shows, Broadway type. 
uh, musicals, um, piano bar, um, dances, and there's just, just it's, uh, there's even a casino for those who like to throw away their money. There's a casino there, and it's, uh, it, the comedians um, are, uh, the comedians are kind of hit, hit or miss. We had two. Uh, one was really good, and the other one was not so good. And there's two different versions. You can go to an adult show, um, and you can go to a family-friendly show. Of course, me and Dixie attend the family-friendly show, and um, they were pretty good. Um, we, we had a good time. So I would recommend doing your cruise if you haven't. To me, it's the most economical vacation you, you, you can plan. Um, you have to think about it if you... Jet, you can cruises are so competitive right now. You can go as cheap as you know two hundred dollars, or you know five hundred dollars a person, or nine hundred dollars a person. But it, at any rate, it's still a lot cheaper than going to a city and paying two to three hundred dollars a night for a hotel for seven days. Um, that's going to cost you a boatload of money, and then you still have to buy all your food and you have to eat out the whole time. Um, cruises are relatively cheap. Um, if you pay, you know, $400 for a six-day cruise, that's all you're going to pay. You're going to stay there. You're going to eat their food for free. And that's your expense. Unless you choose to do excursions off the ship at the ports that you um, exit to. But you're not required to do any excursions. If you want to pay for excursions, you're more than welcome to, and you can pay for that. But there's enough to do on the ship and at the ports to keep you happy. And plenty of uh, the top of the deck, the Lido deck, has plenty of places to lay out and soak in the sun. If that's your thing, um, go for it. There's just plenty to do. And I would recommend it if... You know, if it's a cheap trip, trip a vacation, um, if you're looking for something inexpensive to do, so I highly would recommend it. Hey, funny story. Um, on, when we got back into town, um, many of my listeners know we uh, we live with my mom and dad. That we take care of them, and uh, so we live together. And. My dad has dementia, which I've shared with you before, and um, I love my dad, and uh, and it, it just we have to laugh at 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 dementia because if my dad um, was in his right mind, and he would make fun of himself, um, so living with someone with dementia can be tough, but you got to take the light moments and enjoy them. So um, there's happened to be a day when um, we were home and and uh, I went to the restroom and as I walked by the shower, and the shower curtain is, of course, pulled um, to cover the shower, I look and I saw a coffee cup in the shower. Now, my dad drinks out of one coffee cup. That's his cup. That's the cup he likes to drink out of. That's his coffee cup. So, um, I had to laugh. I'm like, what in the world is my dad's coffee cup doing in the shower? 
I'm like, Dad, I know you love your coffee, but are you drinking coffee while taking a shower? And of course he wasn't. Um, if, if you know anybody with dementia, they tend to hide things. I don't know if they think people are going to steal their their belongings, but that's his coffee cup. He wants his coffee cup. You better not be drinking out of his coffee cup. Um, but yeah, there was my dad's coffee cup sitting in the shower. And then just last night, just last night, um, I was getting ready to make a pot of coffee. And I, uh, I had the, you know, the little insert that you pour, that you scoop out and put the coffee in. And then you put it in the coffee pot, that little plastic holder of the of the coffee grounds. Um, well, I was getting that ready, but then Dixie called me into the other room for something. So I sat down, that black bowl or cup of, you know, plastic thing. I sat it on the counter so I can go see uh, what, what Dixie needed. Um... And I was gone for a little bit of time because we had to take care of something. And when I go back into the kitchen, it's gone. That little coffee cup holder that holds the grounds is missing. And I thought, I know for a fact I laid it right there. Where is it? I started looking all around the house in cupboards and everything, thinking my dad saw it there and put it away. I couldn't find it anywhere. I, I, I caught my mom in and, and I said, Mom, where do you think Dad would have put that thing? The, the coffee holder thing. And she said, I bet you, you better check the trash. So I go outside to our trash barrel. And sure enough, there is our coffee, part of our coffee maker in the trash in a white plastic bag in the trash and I thought why would he throw that away um, but that's what it's like living with someone with the dementia they can't help it and uh, but you gotta you gotta have a little laugh and, and fun and and laugh about those things because um, who knows you know one one day there I won't have to look for a lost coffee maker thingy um, so I just try to enjoy the time that you got because truly this is the day the Lord hath made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thanks for stopping by today, guys. Thanks for putting up with me. Hey, go check out my book online. Um, you can go to barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, lulu.com, that's L-U-L-U.com. Um, pretty much anywhere they sell books online. Um, look for just Google my name, Kenneth Lotney, or Google the least of these. What Scripture has to say about poverty? If you're interested in poverty and the poor, check out my book, The Least of These: What Scripture Has to Say About Poverty. So check that out. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Love you guys. Bye bye now.